Hello and welcome to Wellbeing. I'm Dr. Virginia Reid. This morning on Wellbeing, we're going to discuss energy psychology with Dr. Fred Gallo. Welcome, Dr. Gallo. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Dr. Gallo, what's your background in psychology? I'm a clinical psychologist. I have my master's and PhD, and um, I have a private practice. I've worked in different agencies over the years and institutions and so on, even hospitals. And uh, primarily what I do in my clinical work is I work with uh, individuals, couples, families, children uh, who have different kinds of psychological problems, including depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, and chronic pain conditions, and so on. So what's different about your style of practice, if you like, to perhaps your conventional psychologist? Well... The approach I use I call energy psychology. Basically, what's involved here, the, the distinction uh, theoretically, let's, let's talk theoretically for a second, is that um, most approaches to psychology today uh, focus on either, uh, you know, maybe psychodynamic issues, they're looking at unconscious issues, that uh, maybe there's material that a person doesn't have access to consciously, and they try to get that information to come to the fore, or they do uh, cognitive work, work, focusing on what a person is telling themselves in their mind or their behavior, trying to adjust the kinds of conditioning that have occurred with a person. And um, energy psychology ha- has a distinction there. Uh, what we're looking at is that uh, psychological problems are a manifestation of energy configurations or energy fields. And whenever you treat things, uh, treat issues in that way, uh, just doing cognitive work, just talking about things is not seen as sufficient. And and there's a lot of problems that just don't resolve very well by simply talking. Uh, I mean, talking is certainly useful to understand and and so on. But um, take a trauma, for example. If somebody comes to me with a trauma, if they have post-traumatic stress disorder, what I do, rather than just talking about it, I'll get a little sampling of what's going on with the person or what the trauma, the traumatic event was. But what I have them do then is I have them tap on specific locations on their body, which are basically acupuncture meridian points. And what that does, I believe, is that, well, first of all, we, we know it, it resolves the problem. It, it makes it that the, uh, the, uh, the, the trauma that the person's been suffering with uh, no longer bothers them. It no longer has an emotional impact. They feel resolved about it. Uh, the nightmares go away. The flashbacks go away, and so on. What I think it uh, it really does is it uh, it changes a subtle energy system in the body. It also does ch- some changes in more, let's say, um, more primitive areas of the brain, such as the limbic system, the amygdala, and uh, uh, the hippocampus areas of the brain that are not the higher cortical functioning parts of the brain. So uh, what, what I do in my work when, I, when I'm treating trauma, depression, so on, is I have the person target the specific things that bother them, and then I, I have ways of diagnosing what energy points for them to tap uh, to resolve that problem. That's, that's one of the techniques I use in energy psychology. Mm-hmm. And the diagnosing and the therapy... Is that your own personal belief system or is there a body of work that supports what you do and that's why you're doing it? Well, it comes from two two directions here. I mean, mm-hmm. I, 
course, I didn't come up with all this by myself. I uh, I studied the work of different people. There's mm-hmm. uh, there's a chiropractor by the name of George Goodhart who developed applied kinesiology. I looked at his work. There's a uh, psychiatrist uh, originally from Australia by the name of John Diamond. I uh, I studied his work, and I I know John Diamond. I know both George Goodhart and John Diamond. And then a psychologist by the name of Roger Callahan, uh, he developed a method he calls thought-filled therapy. Uh, Diamond developed something he called uh, behavioral kinesiology. But over the years, I, you know, I started looking at uh, these uh, these gentlemen's ideas and their techniques around 1992. And over time, what I've done is developed my own methods. And... Um, so somewhere along the line, I coined the term energy psychology, mm-hmm. and uh, I wrote a book called, you know, my first book out was uh, called Energy Psychology. It came out in 1998. I just did a second edition of it in 2005, and I've written several other books on it. Um, but my, my diagnostic system, I got my start from looking at these other people's work, and then um, I advanced it in my own way, you know, through my own clinical work, through my own my own research with uh, people and so on. Is the technique practiced by anybody else but yourself? Oh, oh yeah. I've, I've been training people yeah. uh, in different parts of the world. I've trained people all over the United States, professionals mm-hmm. uh, in Canada. Uh, matter of fact, quite a few uh, professionals from Australia came yeah. over to see me and uh, took some training from me. I, I trained people all over Germany, Switzerland, Austria, uh, there's different parts of Europe. People have come to me. Mm. They all come from Japan and so on. Yeah, because the term the only... energy psychology is familiar to me. I just wasn't sure where it came from, and it sounds like it's come from yourself. Yeah, I, I coined the term, and then uh-huh. in Germany they call it energetische psychology. Yeah. And um, and I my three of my books were translated into German, okay. and they're pretty familiar around there. I teach in Berlin and Heidelberg and mm-hmm. uh, in the Hamburg area, Freiburg, and so on. And I I, I just got back from uh, uh, Graz in uh, Austria here just last week. Mm-hmm. I'll be going I'll be going to Zurich in a few weeks. So there's a fair uh, few the, people understand this and are interested in it. Oh, uh, more and more people. Yeah. I, I probably yeah, I've probably certified in the in Europe. I've probably certified close to a thousand people in my a thousand professionals in my work. But I've trained many more at different levels. Mm. You know, uh, and there are a number of people. There's different approaches in energy psychology. It isn't. Um, there's simpler approaches. My approach is a more uh, sophisticated, more. Uh, it's a more detailed. A way of doing it because I include a diagnostic approach. Mm. A, a lot of approaches use a simple um, algorithm or a simple recipe, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and those are very very helpful. Yep. I mean they uh, they get a lot of good results. The thing is though, I find uh, frequently uh, patients come to me who have tried those simpler approaches and they didn't work as well for them. Yes, and then so I you ha- see the more complex to- things. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so then I have to tailor it to the individual. Okay. But, uh, but very often, I mean, there's, there's a method out there called uh, emotional freedom technique. Yes. A friend of mine, yeah, a friend of mine, uh, Gary Craig, you know, he developed that, which is based upon the work of Roger Callahan. Um, uh, and there's another approach called uh, tapas acupressure technique, Another one called Be Set Free Fast. So there's a, there's probably about close to 20 different um, 
you know, individual methods uh, mm-hmm. that are used there. So, some people focus on, on treating uh, chakras. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, others look in terms of biofields, like, for example, there's, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, approaches such as therapeutic touch or uh, healing touch, mm-hmm. uh, where they most, mostly what they do is focus on auras and chakras. Uh, a lot of what I do is uh, just um, having people tap on different active points, mm. and uh, that, that that gets a lot of good results there. Although I like to combine that with helping the person elevate their level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and I think that seals it in a lot better. Yeah. So um, so that's that's pretty much what I'm doing. And do you find that on the whole, most people are quite receptive to? that form of therapy? I mean, a lot of people are still expecting, I would imagine, when they go to see a psychologist, talk therapy. Well, uh, you know, I still talk to people. And <laughs> what, what I'm sure I, you do. But yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But, but they, they come in, and uh, I'll say at some point something like, um, well, here, let me say first of all, some people come to me because they know what I do. Mm, yes, they, of course. And they specifically want that. But then there's a lot of people who who come in, they have no knowledge of uh, yeah. Fred Gallo, the psychologist who goes yes. around teaching energy psychology. Their local doctor said, give it a try. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. a psychologist. So, so anyway, yeah, yeah so, so, they, so they come in, and uh, we start talking, and I, and I see that they, uh, they think um, we're going to do things the same old way mm. they imagine or, or other therapy that they've done, and at some point I break the news to them. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I say, you know, I, I, I know you, you feel that, you really got to talk about this problem in detail, and I really respect that. But uh, I also would like you to be able to get some results efficiently. And I have some methods that are really weird, you know. Yeah. And, I, and I'll say, and you know, would you mind if I showed you something that was really weird, but it really works, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, or that might work for you? And uh, most people, in most cases, are they're really uh, you know, they're curious, and, mm-hmm. and then I explain to them, and I, and I'll put it in a a kind of um, understandable way. I'll say, you know, when I when I was a kid, I said, you know, I, you know, I, I come from an Italian uh, ancestry, and uh, my my grandparents would, you know, just smack their heads and say "Mamma mia," and uh, so you know, and people hit their chest and say things like "Kumpa uh, me, kumpa me, kumpa," and you know, and I say all, all these different things that people do to self-soothe themselves. Mm. Well, we we found techniques that. Do that are along those lines, but mm-hmm. even more effective whenever you bring something to mind that's disturbing for you. And uh, so then I demonstrate it. I'll give them an example of it. And uh, most of the time, you know, it, 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 they see the difference. They see the result. Yes. And uh, and then we, you know, so I have to educate them because this is, you know, in this society, in this mm-hmm. in this world right now, you know, most people don't go to psychologists thinking that they're going to go ahead and tap on their bodies. And that's right. It's a psychological problem. So you, you know, maybe a uh, hundred years from now, uh, well, I'm sure a hundred years from now, this will be so common that people would be surprised if they went in to see a psychologist and he wanted to just sit there and talk. You know, yeah. <laughs> they say, well, when are we going to start tapping? You know, I think. But uh, right now, this is it's a it's a big shift in the way things are done, mm. Mm. but it's uh, but it really gets a result very quickly with um, uh, certain kinds of problems. You know, uh, yeah. 
if somebody comes to see me who's depressed, I, like I, I just saw this lady um, last week. She came in. She said she was very depressed. I, I said, on a scale of 0 to 10, how depressed are you? And she gave me a number like a 10. And I said, why don't we do something to relieve that depression right now, and then we can talk about it and what the source of that is. Mm. And she thought that was a good idea, so I took her through this technique I used and uh, uh, very quickly defined what she needed. And, and within a matter of about, oh, I'd say 10 minutes, no more than 10 minutes, she was not feeling the least bit depressed. Mm. Now we were able to talk about the issue. Uh-huh. See, I, I, think, I think it's better to talk about a problem um, rather than from within side of the problem, uh, to come from a state of health instead. Yeah. You know? so, so most of the time, if a person's talking about a problem and they're stuck inside the problem, now you've got a very disabled person trying to figure out what to do. You know, they're, 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 their whole perception is, is embedded in the emotional distress of the problem. I prefer to have the person shift out of that, be into health, and now we take a look back at maybe the circumstances and whatever they can do in their lives, because now they're they're in a uh, higher mood state. Their That's what you're talking about, balance. elevating their level of consciousness. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's it what that elevates. enables you to do. Right, right. And, yeah. and it helps you to do that very efficiently. You can yeah. Do very efficiently. You perceive yourself as the creator, not the right. creation. You're not stuck in the creation itself anymore. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, and I, I think, you know, if you look at what Einstein said, Einstein said uh, matter yes. and energy are all but uh, different forms of the same thing, yes. okay? Yes. I, I, would, I would take it and say matter, mind, and energy are all but different manifestations of the same thing. Absolutely. Thought forms have a pattern. Mm. Yes, thought mm. forms have a pattern too. Interestingly, There's... he also said that the only way that you'll ever solve a problem is to get is to alter the level of consciousness in which the problem occurred to a Absolutely. to a higher level and that then you'll be able to solve the problem. So of course, yes, you you yeah, course, you're getting yeah, at yeah. that, aren't you, when you say if you if you're stuck in the depression itself that you can't solve the problem that's causing the depression. Yeah, see, I think what we're doing here, you know, what we're talking about, we are applying the very stuff (laughs) that Einstein and Planck and all those physicists were really talking about. Now, we're taking it and saying, how does this apply in psychology? Mm. And uh, we go, wow, you know, or, you know, people should say, how does this apply in medicine? Yes, you know, and that's what's and that's what's starting to happen. We're starting yes. to understand that pathology yes. is really a function. Uh, it's a, it's an energetic disruption. It's yes. a you can call it a spiritual disruption in some mm-hmm. ways. It's mm-hmm. a, uh, and, and it's a energy forms. It's a fields. And what we want to do is shift it in that more that healthier direction. Yes, and, preferably and before it physicalizes. Absolutely, because now, that's just a condensation of the abnormal pattern. It's an amplification right. of the abnormal right. pattern, yeah. And it's going to take longer to fix it once it gets into that. Well, point. that's it's right. Then it's got pretty, pretty, pretty big clout. Yes, pretty big clout. <laughs> but if we, but if we can, if we can catch it while it's still flowing quite a bit in energy form, it, yes. that's pretty. Uh, uh, you know, it's pretty good preventive medicine. Absolutely, mm. preventative medicine. And if we, if we catch the. But even psychological problems themselves are, are pretty much uh, remain at an energetic level. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> it takes, you know, they may have some 
materiality to it because it goes into, let's say, it causes a chemical change. Mm. There will be certain changes. There will be certain changes in the amygdala and so on. But still, there's an energetic thing happening. We can we can shift that quickly. And once that shifted, I think then those you know those changes in the chemistry occur fairly quickly. I I think the um, the synaptic configurations in the brain change fairly quickly. Yes. You know, and new neurons start to develop. I think that's all, um, you know, pretty well proven now, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. pretty much proven. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah mm. definitely. Yes, there's an unlimited potential from this shift in paradigm shift in the way we think about disease. Oh, absolutely. And what you've done is tapped into it from a literally, <laughs> excuse the pun, the yeah. psychological uh, perspective. Yeah, so yeah, do you do you did you come to this through a personal sort of uh, journey, as people oh, often yeah. do? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> do you uh, mind telling us a little about that? Well, um, okay, I'll tell you one one of the things that um, well, there's I've had my share of emotional problems in my life. Uh, uh, I had when when I was twelve years old, my mother died of cancer, okay. and. Um, so she had been sick for quite some time, and mm. uh, and I and I went through a lot of trauma about that. The mm. whole family did. My uh, my father, uh, you know, he had five kids to raise by himself, mm. and uh, you know, and so I was the oldest, and my my youngest brother was like a year and a half when she died, mm-hmm. and uh, so I continued to be haunted by those kinds of traumas, and I had you know depression episodes and so on related to that. And uh, I tried everything, you know. I, I think that's one of the things that interests me in psychology was exploring that. Mm-hmm. And so I went in that direction. I, I very early on I was interested in psychology. I, I didn't know it was psychology, but I, when I was 15 years old, I hypnotized my 10-year-old brother. Oh. And, I, and I don't know how I f- knew how to do it, <laughs> but okay. I, I, I did it in a very I did it in a very shamanic. So way. what reason did you do it? What was what because was up with him? It was it was it was there. It was there to be done. <laughs> yeah, but he it must have just, complained about something. You must have felt that as his older brother, you needed to do something. Well, no, actually, I mean, I, it, it was not that deep. It was just something like I got the idea that uh-huh. I, I could hypnotize somebody, and I asked him if he would let me do it. Uh-huh. And he said sure, and okay. so I uh, and and so I took him through this process, and it okay. took me a long time, but I I put him in a trance, and and so I had interest in. Uh, that kind of exploring oh. of the mind at that consciousness time. yeah yeah <laughs> and i and and i got interested in writing early on too while my mother was ill i okay. I, I started writing i wrote my first book then which never got published it was called mining mo and his friends so i uh, <laughs> it was a fa- it was a fantasy and i uh and, but i always wanted to be a writer so i had these like homing thoughts you know these thoughts mm-hmm. that i was uh, driven toward, you know, mm-hmm. and one was to resolve these traumas, I guess, that I was having, and I uh, I did all the inner child work, and I did, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, flooding, you know, to uh, reliving the emotional distress, and none of those things really, really resolved it, you know. Right, it would just keep coming back once you went yeah. away from the course. Yeah. What are the sort of clients that you found have benefited from the technique? What what sort of problems is it good for treating? Well, there's pretty wide range, but um, you know, I'll tell you the first of all, like I said before, post-traumatic stress disorder. I think it's like one of the best approaches you can use for that. Okay. Um, most anxiety disorders. Right. 
respond fairly well. Although, you know, like obsessive-compulsive disorder, it depends. Sometimes you can help a person very quickly. Sometimes a person needs repeated treatments with this. Um, I get very good results, uh, people that are depressed. Um, right. And how long well, does, the, does the effect last? Do they have a daily practice? or? Well, it'll go in different ways. I mean, yeah, I, what I do is I'll, I treat somebody in the office generally almost all the time they get a result in that session right in the office. Uh, now, that doesn't mean every aspect of their problem is taken care of, though, mm-hmm. because a, a person may have many, many issues that come together. To, you know, they're having relationship problems with this person, that person. There's issues from the past that still haunt them and so on. And, and so you may have to deal with many of those things. And, but each session we get a result. And then what I do is I equip the person with something that they can do to treat themselves, so, mm-hmm. which I think is very important because it's self-efficacy. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just basically a very important thing, I think, in any treatment. I don't care if it's uh, you know, medicine, psychology, whatever. If mm-hmm. the person can do something for themselves exactly. and they really take responsibility for it, I think mm-hmm. that, that's very good for them. Mm-hmm. So I, I give the person something that they can do. Um, a homework assignment, so to speak, which is basically they, they would be tapping or, or using, uh, like I have other techniques. There's a technique I call the healing energy light process, mm-hmm. and um, I show them how to do that. Now, I, I found these techniques useful for, uh, you know, children that show signs of ADHD, mm-hmm. you know, um, excellent for phobias, um, uh, physical pain, I, I often get some very good results with physical pain. Okay. Uh, people come in and um, and they have pain. Wh- wherever it is in their body, I, basically what I have them do is focus on the pain for a moment. Give me a rating, 0 to 10, how much, is it, how much pain is there? And then I find out where they should tap on their body to release that pain. And yeah. it's uh, usually within a few minutes, they start to notice a significant reduction in the pain. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't get 100% success with this for, for that kind of condition. Uh, you mean you don't get rid of the pain completely? Well, no. Some people, we get rid of the pain completely, but mm. I don't get, I don't get 100 I don't, let me put it this way. Probably, if somebody comes in with a headache condition, mm-hmm. I, I probably get about 90, 95% success rate with headaches. You're doing a lot better uh, than most drugs that we use for headaches, then. Yeah, well, I, what, <laughs> I'll tell you, my brother, I was at, my brother has a restaurant, and, and I was at his restaurant like about a month ago, and he, he had a migraine headache. Uh-huh, and I uh-huh. said, Philip, That's what I was thinking of. Philip is the one, by the way, that I hypnotized whenever we were. <laughs> and what I did is I took him through this method. I tapped, uh, and, you know, I showed him how to tap, and within a matter of about 10 minutes, the migraine headache was gone. Wow. And, uh, and he had been, you know, he had taken mm. some medication that wasn't working. Oh, yeah. and, just, and the poor man was suffering. Yeah. But anyway, uh, with back pain, things of that nature, back pain, neck pain, leg pain, it depends on the person. I, I mean, I, I get about, oh, I'd say, 50 to 60% success rate with this method mm. with that. Then I'm going to have these people that I, it doesn't matter how much we tap, I can't help them with it. Yeah. Um, but I always, whenever I'm doing something with pain, 
it's a physician has referred somebody to me. Sure. And they say, you know, we've tried everything, and yeah. he's in pain, and we just think if you could do something psychologically for him, and yeah. then I do this, you know. Yeah. I don't treat a lot of people with psychotic conditions. I, yeah. I used to way in the past, but what I can do with this method is I can help them. If, let's say, they have a lot of paranoid thoughts, yeah. I can take away the the fear yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, and and psychotic people suffer from depression too, so sure. we can help them with the depression. Yeah. But but as far as uh, taking the schizophrenia away, mm. I don't know how to do that yet. I mean uh, that yeah. might be something we'll be able to do in time, but um, unless if it's a schizophrenia rooted in post traumatic stress disorder, yes. which a lot of times it is that too. Yes. Then that would be a different condition. So you can treat that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Now, now, as far as uh, another thing is, personality disorders are often rooted okay. in beliefs. So a person, let's say, has a belief that they're not worthwhile. Well, the reason that belief feels so true, or is, is experienced as true, is because it feels true. Yes. So what I do is I target the feeling and neutralize that feeling. And then once the, the feeling that they're worthwhile no longer feels true, then I help them to install the feeling that they are worthwhile. Okay. So that's kind of, it's, wow. like it's, it's very difficult to put a positive in yep. whenever it's being overridden with a negative. Absolutely. So what you've got to do is neutralize the negative first, yep. and then the positive fits in very easily, just like a key through a, a lock, you know. And let uh, me tell our listeners that personality disorder would have to be one of the things that the psychiatrists have major problems treating it's almost oh, yeah. perceived to be non-treatable oh yeah incredible yeah. with talk therapy you know yeah, yeah personality wow. disorders are, are very well you know deeply ingrained because they are uh, they're just uh, these belief systems that people yeah. have developed over the years it's yeah. conditioned thinking yeah. and uh so well we they create all sorts of evidence why they're not worthwhile yes right right see right. i keep losing my temper i tried to tell you i'm a no good person yeah, right. I, yeah. Right. They, they, they uh, stack the deck against Absolutely. Themselves. Yeah. Right. How many times would somebody need to see you initially? Is there an average or is that well, difficult too? Well, the people that come to see me okay, yeah. in my private practice situation, I would say that on the average, I see a person maybe uh, eight times. Okay. And okay. how long would they, they need to tap for each day in order to be successful? Well, what I tell people is I say, you know, every if if they have a, a symptom that keeps coming back, I say, I tell them, um, here's what we can do. Uh, if you, The more you work outside of here, uh, yeah. the sooner you're not going to need to see me, okay? So now, if you want to not practice between sessions, that's fine. Yep. You can come and see me longer, okay? Or you can really work hard, <laughs> and you won't have to see me very long at all. But, uh, I mean, it's whatever way you want to do it. You know, yeah. I, but sometimes people, if I, if I really target the problem well enough, sometimes people don't have to go ahead and do the treatment. They they come in and they go, um, geez, I've just been feeling really well, you know. I I haven't had to tap, and, and I've, I've learned, to, you know, what you told me about in terms of, you know, what I teach them about in the area of consciousness, yeah, and yeah, they're applying yeah. that. Yeah. Like maybe their ability to dismiss distressing thoughts or... Mm. Um, they're able uh, to step outside very quickly and easily and right. just create 
Right. Yeah. Right. So if I can teach them how to do that, that's yeah. that's an amazing thing to be able to do. Yeah. I'd that's say they wouldn't be your personality disorders. Would that be a correct guess? Those people would not be the person. No. <laughs> They're too keen on hanging on to those negative, negating sort of thoughts. Yeah. Well, you know, we have an idea in energy psychology called psychological reversal. And psychological reversal is this idea that uh, it's a self-sabotaging thing. It's where a person treats something that is bad for them as though it's good for them. Okay? Uh-huh. Now, 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 we all can do that. As a matter of fact, even in the Bible, um, Paul talked about it. He said, I know that the law is good, but I keep doing the wrong thing again and again and again. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with me. Yeah. You know? So he says, it must be sin living in me. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, it's, uh, mm-hmm. so Paul talks about that. Well, I think that's the human condition. Yeah. What we do is we say, okay, that's it. Uh, I'm not going to smoke a cigarette again, yeah. or I, I'm going to. I'm not going to do this thing again. Next thing you know, we're back to doing the thing again. And, we, and now we use the term psychological reversal for that. Uh-huh. And you can diagnose it this way. It's really interesting. I, I'll have a person think about their problem, whatever it is. Let's say it's, uh, I don't know, depression. So, okay. I, so they think of the depression, and I and I do a muscle test on them. Okay. So I. So like I, kinesiology, I have, yeah. Yeah, kinesiology. Mm-hmm. So I test the muscle, and, and then I have them say, say, I want to get over this depression. Okay. Okay, and I press on the arm. Yeah. Now, if the muscles, now the muscle is usually, it's going to be strong. Yeah. And I'll say, I want to keep this depression, and it goes weak. Yeah. Sometimes people, yeah. if they say, I want to get over this depression, it goes weak. I want to continue to depress, the muscle goes strong. Yeah. So it's like, it's, you can interpret it in different ways, mm. but I, I think it's like it's a it's a reverse of energy. It's like the mm. uh, the positive and the negative poles are reversed, yeah. and so it it makes them kind of like go backwards through life. And yeah. uh, whenever you find that, there are ways to correct that simply by tapping. So oh, I'll have okay. a person do some simple thing like this. I, I mean, there's different locations, but sometimes if you tap on the side of your hand, the little finger side of your hand. Uh, there's a point there. It's the third point on the small intestine meridian, um, down from the little finger now. And you karate chop that area, and you say something like this. You say, even though I'm depressed, or whatever the problem might be, even though I have this phobia, or even though I keep um, uh, getting into relationships that don't work, or whatever it might be, I accept myself. And you haven't tapped that a few times. And then you go back and check the muscle again, and very often it corrects it. Okay. Now they're functioning on all cylinders, you know. Yeah. And yeah, uh, because they've resisted being depressed because it's it's too too painful to to be no. back in that situation again. So they've sort of like wrapped it up in an envelope. But yeah, so what yeah. you do is you you get them to be going in the right direction. They're, yeah. they're connected with their true intention. Yeah. rather than an intention that's working against them. And, and that's, a, that's the case a lot of times, well, I'd say it's almost always the time, if not always the time, with personality disorders. Yeah. And that's why they're so resistant. So it doesn't matter what you try to do. Of course, when a problem is so chronic that it doesn't change, um, with, you know, very good therapies, you really start, you have to wonder if um, something isn't connected right, you know? Yep. 
So, so then we offer the explanation of a psychological reversal. Some people use the term psychoenergetic reversal, hmm. but it's uh, it's a simple matter uh, to correct it. Now, sometimes you have to do other things. I, I do a little process I call orientation to origins, and what I do is I use muscle testing to track back to when a problem originated. So we'll find the exact moment when it originated, and then when we orient to that place, then what we can do is either use tapping or even sometimes just have a, do, a person do a creative shift in their consciousness, and that'll change the energy too. Yeah, because so that's of, where the disharmony came in. That's where they set up the incorrect pattern. Absolutely. They're yeah. going along. And all you want to do is negate that incorrect pattern. Right, yeah. right. They, they have a negative attachment. Mm. Right? It, it, it isn't like it's... it's bad it's just it just doesn't work yeah exactly what they say they do you have a sense of why this is working the tapping and and the do you have a sense i mean is it what we were just talking about it's altering negative patterns of well unhelpful uh, energy patterns well you can talk about it on many levels yeah okay I, i'm sure that you know um whenever if you talk about it neurologically, although yep. I don't think it's sim simply that, but if you talk about it neurologically, what you're doing is you are sending electromagnetic signals into areas of the brain and the body that regulate uh, negative emotions. Emotion is what motivates, okay? Yep. So negative emotion will motivate you to have this problem of some sort, okay? Mm -hmm. Or positive emotions that motivate you to sometimes do well, and sometimes positive emotions can get you into trouble, too. So what it does is it goes right to those areas of the system where the problem lies. See, if you try to talk yourself out of a problem, very often that isn't going to work because you're, mm -hmm. you're at a different area of the brain, for example, mm -hmm. than where the problem really lies. And I think by mm -hmm. tapping in your body, it, it'll go directly to the location mm -hmm. where where the problem really is. Mm -hmm. Now, it's also a field, though. It isn't just like, uh, I don't think it's just in the brain. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's energetic because everything mm -hmm. is energy. Yeah, well, the brain just yeah. forms up on that pattern as well. It's the pattern right. itself that's important. Right. And it's perhaps what we're looking, what Einstein was looking for, the great driver. Right. It's in yeah. space. That's, it's not perceptive. It, we, we can't sense it with our ordinary senses, although that is coming as well. And the more you work with this stuff, I think the more you develop those senses. Mm -hmm. And that's Absolutely. perhaps where, as you say, in the next generation, I'll say, well, geez, couldn't you guys feel that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, it'll be different to saying, didn't you hear that? It'll be, didn't you feel that? Didn't you feel that? Yeah, I think that's, that's probably the way of the future. It's been absolutely fascinating talking with you. Now, you've got a website on which people can have a look at this sort of information and look at what books you've published, etc., haven't you? Yes, yes, they can go to, uh, should I give it? Yes, please. It's www.energypsych, and that's spelled E-N-E-R-G-Y-P-S-Y-C-H dot com. Energypsych dot com. And... Uh, the, the people out there listening, if they want to get, read a book that it's an easy-to-understand version of what we're talking about, which gives a lot of different, let's say, recipes for different conditions that they can self-treat, mm -hmm. there's a book I wrote called Energy Tapping. I wrote it with my good friend, Harry Vincenzi. Mm -hmm. So that book is in paperback. It's published by New Harbinger Publications. Uh, if you want a more sophisticated 
understanding. If you're a professional out there, then I'd recommend you read the book Energy Psychology, especially the new edition that came out in 2005. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a professional book. But it's not a professional book that isn't, uh, they couldn't be understood yeah. by an intelligent layperson, too. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would recommend. And, if, and anybody, any professionals interested, I, I do seminars in different locations, and I've trained a lot of people to do seminars, uh, do training in this approach. So it, it's out there. And it's wonderful to hear that it is, and we thank you very much for your time. Much okay. appreciated. Thank you, Dr. Reed. It's a pleasure talking to you. You've been listening to Wellbeing. I'm Dr. Virginia Reed, and I've been discussing energy psychology with Dr. Fred Gallo. From all of us here at Wellbeing, we wish you well. <laughs>